0: This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano.
1: They're running a strange program, y'all.
0: Now, here's Frank Marano.
2: Good morrow, everybody. You are listening to The Other Side of Midnight, hosted by a man that just went into the refrigerator and grabbed an unlabeled large container of coleslaw and served myself some. Not labeled. And look, there was a big party here yesterday. I guarantee the coleslaw is left over from the party and is meant to be eaten by us. You know why? Because it's unlabeled. Anybody have a problem with the coleslaw? I walked by Gnome, who apparently has had to open a whole news division Regarding the uh, the the eating habits of people that want to crack down on unlabeled food, I showed him this. He said, "Enjoy it." You know what I said? I will. I will. Any issue, gentlemen, with this coleslaw at all?
3: It, I hate coleslaw. I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan of coleslaw, right. so okay. Matt and I are on the same so page. Said, oh, so right. do you?
2: Thank you. It's quite good, I must say. A little too much mayo, but on the whole, quite good. All right. Let me chew him. Done. All right. There was a front page story in the Wall Street Journal this weekend that initially I thought was kind of silly, but then I saw another uh, headline yesterday, which I don't know, made me reconsider it a little bit. So I figured, let me bring it to your attention and see what you think about it. Basically, it was about. Birthday cards that they consider ageist. You know, all these birthday cards that show, oh, you know, you're so old. Essentially, what people were saying in this Wall Street Journal piece was that these cards were um, falling out of fashion with people. That people no longer liked getting these cards that said, Oh, you know, you're so old that when um, they light up your birthday cake, the fire department has to come because it's setting off all those smoke alarms. They're saying those cards are becoming less and less in vogue, and people don't necessarily find them funny anymore. In fact, much more than that, they are finding them openly ageist. The headline was, The language battle is now coming for your birthday card. A faction of greeting card makers want to banish ageist jokes, but the humor defenders say teasing adds to the charm. You know these cards. You've probably gotten cards like this, right? The, um, you know, you'll say, it'll say, you're not old, you're vintage. Something along those lines. So... A hundred and twenty three million people in this country are over 50 and we're tired of the damn your old cards. That's what Jan Golden, the creator of the age friendly vibes greeting card line, told The Wall Street Journal in mid-January. This group, Age-Friendly Vibes, was one of some three dozen lines temporarily on display at Atlanta Market, the country's largest showroom for gift products and home decor. And like all of Golden's fellow card and, um, you know, exhibitors, she was hoping to catch the eye of the retailers retailers who sell the estimated six and a half billion greeting cards bought annually in the U.S. And while she's at it, perhaps strike a blow against the ageism that she says is embedded in the birthday card industrial complex. That's actually in the wall street journal piece. Now I love that we use that term for everything. You got the media industrial complex, you got the birthday card (laughs) industrial complex. You know why? Because it still, it works. It's still apropos because look, with six and a half billion greeting cards sold, There is a birthday card industrial complex. There is big birthday card. There's a birthday card lobby. There's the birthday card deep state. Um, So in any event, Ms. Golden says, have you gotten one of these cards that says you're one step closer to the sweet release of death? Happy birthday. That stuff just picks away at older adults. So, a web develop. She's a web developer and a graphic designer. She launched her age positive line in 2020, motivated in part by her experience of offering tech training to older adults in the Denver area where she lives. She tells the journal, "Honestly, half the time the tech just didn't work, but older adults were getting blamed for not being able to learn and adapt on the job." I know we have a lot of. Older people that listen to this show. And I consider myself, even though, you know, I'm relatively young, even though I'm getting, you know, um older by the day, and the gray hair that I have makes it look like I'm anything but young. I I consider myself an honorary, seasoned citizen. You know, you know the phrase old soul. I never really liked it because. Uh, but I guess it works for me. It applies for me. You know, a lot of my sensibility when I was growing up, all my friends were always older. You know, um, when I was a teenager, my friends would be talking about their their plans for the weekend. Uh, This one's going to this party. This one's going to that. What are you doing? Oh, I'm going to my friend's grandson's bar mitzvah. You know, or, uh, you know, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going to my, fr- my, I, my friend's daughter's birthday. Oh, how old are they? I don't know they're 18. I got them a bunch of driving stuff. And I was always friends with a much older group of people. And it, it's very rewarding on the one hand because you learn a great deal. You learn about uh, pop culture that you weren't there to witness, you learn about elements of history that these people lived not as history, but they lived it firsthand. But it's also sad because what happens is a lot of your close friends end up dying, as has happened to me. So in any event, um, I get very upset at many different aspects of the ageist culture. One of my favorite people to interview on this show regularly is Ralph Nader. And the last time he was on the show, I I said, do you find that the way people are describing – Trump and Biden and McConnell and other people as discriminatory towards older folks. And he had kind of an interesting answer. It wasn't necessarily what I expected. And that's one of the things I love about interviewing Ralph Nader is because he always gives an unexpected answer. But I am curious, if you're an older person, do you find these ageist birthday cards offensive? Do you find them annoying or do you find them funny? Because I could see a case being made for any of the three. Are they ageist? 800 848 Are you happy that more companies are out there using these age-positive birthday cards? Now, again, I, um, I- I'm not offended by much. I think the most important thing, if you're going to go the humor route for a birthday card, is that it be funny. I always try to go for a funny card or a blank card. One of the two. We have a long supply of blank cards at our house and just regular stationery. And I like to write in my own birthday greeting or anniversary greeting or good luck greeting. And I, and I send a fair amount of these cards out. But I, uh, I think the important thing if you go the humor route is be funny. So many of the cards that I see in the humor section, they're not actually funny. So. I thought that was an interesting article, but I found it much more interesting given what I read yesterday in the Wall Street Journal, which is this. A record number of Americans are going to turn 65 this year. About 4.1 million Americans are going to turn 65 this year. They call this a silver tsunami our country, on average, is older than it's ever been. And I mean, is it any wonder? A lot of times people complain oh, we got a- whoever wins this election is going to be the oldest president ever. Or we got old guys in charge of the Senate. We got old guys in the presidency. Is it any wonder when the nation is aging that they're electing their peers, essentially? Well, anyway. <clears throat> About 4.1 million Americans, according to the Wall Street Journal, are going to turn 65 this year. This surge of 65-year-old baby boomers is going to continue through 2027. AARP, they're calling it, as I said, the silver tsunami. Today, according to the Journal, today's 65-year-olds are redefining a milestone long associated with retirement parties and the end of productive years. They are wealthier and by many measures healthier and expected to live another 20 years. You know, uh, our top of the hour theme song – for the last hour of the program, and if you're listening in a market that doesn't carry all four hours of the show, you can hear all four hours of the show by going to redapplepodcastnetwork.com and just search The Other Side of Midnight, or better yet, go to any podcast app, just search The Other Side of Midnight and hit the subscribe button. But the song that we use is I'm Not Tired Yet. And I love it, not only because of the odd hour that we're on, because but I love it for what it says in the song I love it for what it says about life, and it's just a great song. When I first heard Curtis play it 30 years ago, I always said, if I ever have an overnight show of my own, I'm going to play that song every day. And Kathy Wheeler, who turned 65 this year, turned uh, told the AARP, I'm not tired, I'm healthy, and I enjoy my job. And I have to tell you, I am meeting more and more people that are not just 65. I actually view 65 as kind of young these days. I'm meeting people, talking to people, and I have friends of mine that are 70, 75. And there was a time when I would consider 70 old. And I don't consider that old at all. You know, my father fits into this demographic. Um, He's 65 plus, you know. Plus, plus, plus. And I got to tell you, two years ago when we played softball for my brother Nick's bachelor party, he was the second best player on the field. And he's playing with guys in their 30s and their 20s. The guy is still an incredible athlete. And I really think, you know, the Wall Street Journal article is focusing more on uh, professionalism. But I think even in terms of quick-mindedness, I think in terms of dominating field after field, um, maybe the exception is the media, because there's still this obsession with younger demos, younger demos, which I've always thought was idiotic. And, you know, even some radio stations that I've worked at, because I've always gotten very good ratings with the older demographics. The older you are, the better chance you are, the, the better chance there is that people are listening to me. So um, sometimes I'd even have to convince salespeople they'd almost scoff at these great ratings that we're getting with 55-plus listeners. And they would say, oh, well, it's a shame you're not doing better in 2554. I'd say, what? What's the matter with you? These are the people that have money. These are the people that run the world. And you're actually as if their listenership is either something that doesn't count or something that can't be sold to advertisers. And I think that's so short-sighted on the part of the media industry. But we are seeing more Americans over 65 working. We're also seeing new power centers in terms of an aging population being in charge of so many different aspects of society around the country. So I um, I think this is so interesting. America is older than it's ever been. More Americans are turning 65 this year than have ever turned 65 before. And this silver tsunami is going to continue for the next three years. So I'd love your thoughts on that. On the trend line in America getting older, what you think this means for the culture, for politics, for the media, for sports. And I'd love to know uh, your opinion on these birthday cards as well. 800 9222 You know what I did see this weekend? I saw an article about Generation Z. And how this generation, Generation Z, I think, is someone born after 1996. Generation Z is embracing all sorts of trends geared towards folks that were born 50 years ago. They're going to bed super early, and they are priding getting a good night's sleep over going out. Unlike millennials, unlike uh, Generation Xers, the Gen Zers love going to bed early and getting a good night's sleep. Also, what's a huge trend among the Generation Zers, landlines, landlines. They love landline telephones. Some of them are buying landlines as kind of a decorative thing, and others are getting it because they really want to use the phone. So Generation Z, their interest in nostalgia, things like flip phones... Not at all shared by millennials, not at all shared by the Gen Xers. We're seeing a very odd situation in society these days where the interests of the Generation Zers are dovetailing pretty well with the interests of – in some respects. I mean it's different when it comes to politics obviously. But are dovetailing pretty well with the interests of these – baby boomers that are now 65 plus curious where you come down on this any aspect of it the birthday cards or the fact that america is now the oldest it's ever been 800 848 let me begin with ed in westchester hello ed
4: hey frank how are you um so so i have a question about jeffrey Lichtman, but it just so happens that i am turning 65 this year happy birthday and i work- Thank you. Thank you. I work out seven days a week. I own a large event space, work probably six or seven days a week there. And, uh, you know what? I feel like I'm 45. So, you know, there's, as far as I'm concerned, there's no stopping me. And I don't even want to think about turning 65 and, uh, uh, having to think about Medicare—that uh, that's crazy. I don't even want to think about that. Um, that having been said, I, I have an observation about Jeffrey Lickman, and also a hypothetical question. Sure. if you'll allow me to pose that to you. So, Jeffrey Lickman—you know, love him or hate him—he's defended some very questionable people, as as many defense attorneys have, John Gotti, and in particular El Chapo. Um, So you look at El Chapo and here you have somebody who arguably you could say has killed millions of people. So why would a defense attorney defend them? And then you go to the defense attorney and they'll tell you because every person deserves to be defended. And whether it's because they're paying him a million dollars or whatever the case may be, he's defended all these people. So here's the hypothetical question that I ask you and perhaps you can ask him at some point. Given the opportunity... Would he be interested because he believes in defending everyone? Would he be interested in defending at the time when it was uh, when he was around Adolf Hitler? Would that be someone he would be interested in defending
2: because everybody deserves to be defended? Well, look, obviously, I can't I can't speak for him. But I think that um, I've talked to him before about, uh, about this subject, and I've heard other people ask him similar questions, as well as other defense attorneys, because everybody has their lines that they, uh, they won't cross. And from what I remember Jeffrey saying is um, as long as somebody could pay his fee, the only folks that he wouldn't defend are uh, somebody that, uh, that tortured animals or abused animals in some way. That's uh, from what I remember him saying. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Ed. 800 848 9222. 800 9222. Antonio is in Brooklyn.
0: Hello, Antonio. Hey, hi, guys. Uh, your last caller. Thank you, sir. I really appreciated what you just said. My contention is this what is it going to take for everyone? just everyone to realize and recognize and understand. It's called a joke for a reason. People, please lighten up. I'm from Panama. We love a
2: good joke.
0: You, know, you are the best, right? Thank you,
2: Antonio. Let me Senor ask you this. Morano Sure, go
0: ahead. Senor Morano, you are the best. Thank you, you very much. The best.
2: Thank you. A- Antonio, let me ask I you a question. We had a male, a guy that worked, the the mailman here, basically, the guy that worked in the mailroom, Vinny, great guy. Uh, He was from Panama. I think after he retired, he moved back to Panama. He used to tell me. Of course. He used to tell me um, that they, when he was growing up in Panama, there was this drink that was a mixture of coffee and tea. Are you familiar with that? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing?
0: <laughs> if you haven't been, you must go visit my country. Okay,
2: well, so what is if it called? What do I, you, what do I ask for? If feed then? you, you will never leave. <laughs> what do I ask for to get that coffee and tea mixture?
0: Dile que te den ese café bien rico.
2: I like that. I may have to take you with me or at least record you uh, saying that. But if it won't, it won't taste the same if I make my own tea and make my own coffee and just mix it together, right? No. No. Okay. All right. Well, no. I, that might be no. worth the trip to no. Panama. I think my sister's going to Panama this year. I have to ask her to try some of that. Antonio, thank you. You know, they're, they're, everyone I know, they're, they're these big travelers, uh, it's great to travel. I don't like to pack. You know, again, I don't want to sound too Larry David-ish, but it's a lot of hullabaloo to pack. I was going to do the um, TSA pre-check thing, but then my wife got annoyed with me that I didn't ask her about joining first. So it became one of those things that probably not worth the arguments. David is in Minnesota listening on WCCO. Hello, Dave.
0: Hey, Frank. Yeah. Hey, man. You're uh, on a Talking about a category that I uh, fit the demo with tonight, I'm, I, I turned 75 on my last birthday. And uh, um, I'll, show, I'll just tell you about a card that I got from my daughter. And uh, it's uh, got a picture. It's green, and it's got a little farmhouse, and it's got a big cow on the, on the front part. And it says, "I can still party till the cows come home," and then in parentheses, "as long as they come home by around 9 p.m."
2: <laughs> I like that. I think that's pretty funny. As somebody, uh, and
0: then inside it says, "It's your birthday party till nine-ish."
2: <laughs> I like that. So you found it funny. It sounds like.
0: Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: I think that's cool.
0: You know, know, and I'll tell you, and hey, by the way, I'm I'm speaking to you on a landline.
2: I I love a good landline, Dave. I still have one, although my landline, they tell me, is not a real landline because even though it's a wire plugged into the wall, it's powered not by a copper phone line. It's powered by the Internet. So if the internet yeah. goes down, I do lose my phone line, but at least it's got the feel of a landline. It's got a hardness to it. It's got a wire that I, I can't walk too far away from.
0: Well, I got a cordless.
2: Oh, okay, all right. Well, so i I guess. Uh,
0: but I, I still have the old fashioned kind too. I mean, I don't know how many phones we got in this house. Um, you know, about you know three three phones. Play, you know, I got a cell phone and. This is a, this is, this line is a line that my wife had when, when we got married uh, and uh, what we've been married. What we got, I'm not sure it's her second marriage. It's my first, I, uh, I didn't get married until I was over 40 and, um, but like I say, I got a daughter that's 50. Ah. Oh,
2: she's um, eligible for ARP herself now.
0: I don't know about that. She is. Really?
2: Once you hit 50, you're eligible. Dave, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Good luck with all those phone lines. All the better to call you with, my dear. Lisa is in Connecticut. Now, Lisa, I feel like you're someone that is relatively young, but you tend to gravitate towards older folks as well. Am I right about that?
3: Oh, my gosh. It's totally right. Because even like in high school, my sister used to get so mad at me because she's I was a freshman and she was a senior and she legit got mad at me and would cause fights with me because I was friends with the seniors. And I don't want to hang them with the freshmen. <laughs> and then, um, you know, like as life goes on, you're totally right because I don't know what it is, but I, I don't know. I, I guess it's like, they're, you can learn a lot from them. They're very classy. I like the old school mentality. I like the values and, I don't I'm not saying like you know, a lot of people don't have values that are younger or whatever, but sure. I don't know. I just you're right, I just gravitated towards other people. Maybe so, I don't know. Maybe I was just more of an observer. My mom used to say that I when I was a baby I never cried. I sat in the chair and basically just watched everything. She's like, You were the best baby. You never cried. You just wanted to watch everything.
2: <laughs> Lisa I was like, really? Let me ask about relationships. When you've been in romantic yeah. relationships previously, have you tended to date yeah. guys that were your own age or did you tend to skew older in that department as well?
3: You know what's crazy? I've gone younger, I've
2: gone older.
3: It just didn't matter. It was more of like a vibe that I mm-hmm. had with somebody.
2: Yeah, Do you know I, what I mean? Totally. I'm in the same I, boat. I guess what
3: maybe i tended to sort of go maybe a couple years older normally but there was never really a difference like there was some situations where i dated an older person and then that didn't work out and i dated a younger person that didn't work out so i don't know age doesn't really make a big difference unless you know it's like you're not on the same page with this you have to be on the same page with things mm-hmm. and your maturity level. You know what I mean? You, and you have to also put out there, like, do you want to have kids? Do you want to get married? Because a lot of those things, like I would date somebody younger. and be like, they'd be like, why don't you want to be my mama? And I'm like, because I know at this point in my life, I was dating somebody younger that it wasn't going to be the one. And you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I was just like, no, you know, so there's certain things that I did in my life where I made certain decisions and stuff, but I was really a workaholic. And, you know, I had a couple of different situations where I possibly could have gotten married, but I was so into my work and my work ethic and everything that that kind of got in the way. Yeah. In, in,
2: <laughs> I've been there, me? Lisa. Believe me, I know exactly what you speak. Lisa, thank you. Uh, let me take a quick break. Those of you that, uh, that are on hold, will get to you. Those of you that want to call in, feel free to do so, 800-848-9222. I am going to go ahead and try to squeeze in some more coleslaw before we return straight ahead.
0: The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano.
3: He's your numero uno.
0: It's the other side of midnight with Frank Marano. What?
1: you think I would do
0: at this moment when you're standing before me with tears in your eyes trying to tell me that you have found you at another and you just don't love me no more What did you think I would say at this moment
2: When I'm faced with the knowledge The great Billy Vera In honor of Carmine Ramundi's birthday Hey, I just got a nice SMS text message here Uh, From Brother Greg, who is a Franciscan brother over at uh, St. Francis College, who I'm friendly with. And he writes, among other things, uh, that he's turning 65 in August and his gratitude to God and his contribution to the world have never been greater. By the way, I meant to mention this because the other day we were talking about addiction and uh, smoking. We were talking about the problems of smoking. And smoking is, no doubt about it, and I mentioned this last week, a terrible addiction, and it's more difficult than most to quit. And Brother Greg reminded me that St. Francis College hosts a Nicotine Anonymous group every Wednesday afternoon at 179 Livingston Street at 1 p.m. in Brooklyn. He said, uh, all are welcome. So if you're having a difficult time quitting nicotine... Show up to uh, St. Francis College Wednesdays at one PM, one seventy nine Livingston Street. It's a great group of people there, and um, Brother Greg is certainly a great guy. And if you're looking for some difficulty in quitting a very, very difficult habit, strikes me as a pretty good place to start. I uh, mentioned that I have been watching the current season of Curb Your Enthusiasm last week, last night. My wife and I watched episode three of the current season. I, I liked it. I thought it was very funny. And I thought one of the things that I enjoyed about it was that it brought a lot of people. I don't want to give anything away because someone sent me an email about this episode before I had seen it. And it kind of gave something away in the headline about who specifically was coming back. So I'm not going to do the same thing that Isaac did to me. When he sent me that email, because I would have preferred to have been surprised. But it brings back, in the most recent episode, a lot of people from the show, from the show's past, that we haven't necessarily seen in a long time. And two are in a very funny um, mode about it. I will say, just for humor purposes and for story purposes, of the three episodes that have aired so far this season... I think the third one is the weakest so far. still funny. I still enjoyed it. And if you're – it gives J.B. Smoove, who plays Leon brilliantly, a chance to do his thing and have – and shine a little bit. And there are some scenarios that you can all really relate to, as is the case with every Curb episode. A very funny cameo from an Academy Award-winning actor – I'm not going to tell you who it is, but it's brilliantly done – I think the first two episodes though were so great that I think the third is the weakest. It's, I think this has been a great season so far. I'm really enjoying it thus far. Matt, I know you said you haven't watched it in years, but you were thinking of, uh, of starting up again. Have you ended up starting up again? I have not, but you just gave it away. No, I didn't. You just said somebody's coming back. Well, you just gave it away. That that, that gave away nothing. They gave away that somebody's coming back. There, there have been <laughs> fi- in twelve seasons of this show. There's been five hundred people that have been guest stars on this show. I gave away absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, now I'm going to go. Oh, this what episode is it? Three. So now I'm going to be like, oh, somebody's going to be coming back. Yes, yes. It, that, that that Ted. Could it be Ted Danson? I'm not going to say could it be uh what's this, the the richard uh the comedian I am not saying. You know what I'm talking about? No I'm not saying. Uh, I do like JB Smooth. though. He's hysterical. Yeah, he he's great in this episode. If you're a JB Smooth fan, this is a, a good episode uh, for you. But yeah, we um Rachel and I watched it last night. We enjoyed it very much. I'm hoping uh, Carmine sleeps through the night tonight because he has regressed sleepwise. He has not been sleeping well. He's been getting up Every night, 11 p.m., 11.30, midnight, and we'll just cry. He's inconsolable. And then uh, he'll um, – I think on Saturday – I think on – Sat. no, Saturday he didn't sleep through the night either. I was up with him uh, and so was uh, so was my wife at, at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yesterday I came home and it was a good night for him in comparison – he got up at 430 in the morning and he's been, he was up until six. For at first he started crying and after my wife left him alone for a bit, then she went and consoled him when he wouldn't stop. And then he stayed in his crib laughing and talking and singing. His favorite song to sing is the alphabet song. He just sings the alphabet song over and over and over again. Just sings it all day long. Has a good time with stuffed animals. So uh, I'm not sure why he's having a difficult time sleeping. And then yesterday, or maybe it was the previous day, he got up in the morning and he said, and he totally lied. He said, "I slept the whole night." No, you didn't. You were up, you know, at eleven, eleven thirty. So this is one area where I do feel a bit guilty working overnight because my wife has to shoulder the burden of him being awake in the middle of the night single-handedly. There's no, oh, this is your turn kind of a deal. Uh, she has to deal with that every night. So I'm hoping that this newfound bout of insomnia is short-lived. Although if he is up listening now, he should uh, absolutely feel free to call in. We have no school this week because his preschool, even though he's two years old, Follows the DOE calendar, and it's their winter break or President's Week break. So he's off, which has made child care this week quite challenging and, I might add, quite expensive. Uh, thank God, though, that we have uh, a very supportive group of grandparents to handle at least a couple of the days. But uh, it has been very, very, very difficult. All right. 800-848-9222, 800 848 Owen is in Wisconsin. Hello, Owen.
1: Yeah, Hi, Frank. Uh, you have hit so many incredible, beautiful buttons with me and, and talk about a timely call. I woke up about 20 minutes ago, couldn't sleep, turned on the radio, what f- and you're talking, you're introducing this topic Um I want to just tell you that earlier today I had someone in my volunteer taxi here in Wisconsin. I'm a Queens boy, by the way. Long story how I came to be in Wisconsin, but I'm very happy here. I've been here for 30 years. Uh, and also ex of radio in Boston at WRKO. So I've you and I have a lot in common. Wonderful. At any rate, I had somebody in the car. And he was telling me I had to take him to the hospital for his doctor checkup, and he had been through life, uh, had a lot of bangs, bones broken, whatever. And uh, he mentioned to me uh, at the end of the conversation, he said, I'm 68 years old. And I said, yeah, well, you know, hey, I'll tell you how old I am. He said, how old are you? And I said, I'm 78 years old. And he looked at me, and he gave me the same look that I get at the airport all the time when the guys will not let me go through without telling me to take my shoes off. And I say, no, I'm of age. And they look at me, and they want my passport or they want my driver's license. And I show it to them, and two trips ago, and I don't say this to brag, because I'm coming up to a point that touches my heart, and I maybe want your advice on something. Uh, Two trips ago, I'm at Miami at 2 o'clock in the morning on a uh, flight delay. And I go through the dance, and, the, and this, these, one, these guys at the, at the, at the check, at late in the morning, you know, everybody's loose. Early in the morning, everyone's loose about these things. They say, uh, hey, uh, sorry, sir, take your shoes off. And I said, no, I'm of age. And they said, I have to see your passport. I show him the passport. And he gestures over to his buddy, and he says, say what? He said, hey, come here. Look at this guy, (laughs) you know, and and you know how what that does to one's ego. Because I have all my hair, thanks to my mother, and uh, I don't look my age by any means. But now here's the part that may touch the heart. I am struggling right now, or not really struggling, because I've made the decision with the support of my wonderful wife of 38 years. I want to get a puppy. Oh, good for you! Of a particular breed. Breed happens to be a major league challenging breed that I've had before. It's called the shorthead pointer, which many of your listeners will know. I have struggled with this and struggled with this and struggled because our current dog, I'm a dog fancier all my life, is 13 years old. She has cancer and she doesn't have long to go. And when she goes, it's going to break my heart hugely. If you've ever had a dog, you know what I'm talking sure. about. And so I tell you, I'm not a big guy on prayer. But I have tried to find some kind of, of 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 message from the Almighty. Can I do this? Should I do this? Is it fair for me to do this? I would be 90 years old at the likely end of this dog's life. And you know what? I finally, I swear, some voice came to me from on high and said, it's going to be okay. And you can do this and it, it really gets me choked up when I think about it because I'm I feel so guilty about taking this step but on the other hand I have vitality and it's a very important thing for me to have a dog like this in my life we've already picked out the puppy down in Illinois and we're go, gonna go pick it up in three weeks and I have I have been walking on air in the other regard that I'm finally getting this behind me but as far as people aging you're right your brain is always trying Twenty-seven. I went to C.W. Post College many, many, many years ago, and my brain is the same brain of that 23-year-old at the time. Went off to the Peace Corps after that did the world, did the whole thing. But in my head, I am still that age. Those memories never fade. The essence of who you are doesn't fade. If you take care of yourself, by the way, as you alluded to, never smoked a cigarette. I don't drink, except rarely, socially, a cold beer on a hot day. But it it really... It's been a struggle for me, and I finally decided I'm going to do this. Good.
2: I'm my glad, wife, I'm my glad wife to hear that. said okay,
1: But anyway, I just wanted to share that because I can not yeah. believe this topic. No, I'm glad it's to really hear
2: good. that. Oh, and you know, one of the things that I guess I didn't realize is once you're over a certain age, you no longer have to take your shoes off at the airport?
1: Oh, yeah. No, you get 72 years old. I think it's 72, oh. maybe 70. But you reach a certain age, and they don't put you through that anymore. No, that's good. I'm, I'm, I thought maybe you knew that.
2: No, I, I, maybe at one time I did, but I uh, was having a senior moment, I suppose. Oh, and thanks yeah. for the call, and um, uh, whenever you're feeling insomniatic, give us a call again. Thank you. Good luck with that puppy. That's exciting. 800 Arnold is in Brooklyn. Hello, Arnold. Hi, Frank.
4: Uh, I enjoyed the Jeffrey Lickman interview to the extent that I had a dose of Jeffrey Lickman, but it was unsatisfying on three scores. Uh, the first one is, why is or how is Trump's lawyer an idiot? The second one is, is he embracing the $18 million evaluation of um, Mar-a-Lago instead of somewhere over $100 million? Uh, Because he said he broke the law. And the third thing is, um, why does interest begin to accrue in 2019 when the trial wasn't held until 2024?
2: Yeah, Arnold, those are all questions that I, that I can't ask, uh, I, that I can't answer, honestly. Um, but, uh, so I would only be trying to guess at Jeffrey's answer, which I, I can't do. I have learned years ago. I've known Jeffrey how long? Twenty, twenty-one 21 years? I've learned years ago not to, not to guess what Jeffrey Lickman is thinking or going to answer because inevitably he will surprise you. 800-848-9222. Jay is in Cincinnati. Hi, Jay.
1: Hey, Frank, uh, you, you appeal to us old sages, and you act like an old sage, but you're not. Um, being part of the Silver Sonali, the best thing is we know all the elevator music. If you're in the elevator with us old geezers, look at us. We're tapping our toes. <laughs>
2: I like it. I like it, Jay. Fair enough. 800-848-9222. We'll continue with your calls in a moment. Also curious how uh, you have enjoyed the current season of uh, of Curb Your Enthusiasm. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead.
0: The Other Side of Midnight.
2: Hands to uh, Joe from Ronkonkoma, uh just sent me at six minutes, eight minutes until the top of the hour. This is the other side of midnight. Getting back to your calls in a moment, 800 848 9222 He just sent me a reminder of what I was going to mention. Um, He asked, how did Carmine like the Daytona 500? I I mentioned, you know, my son is obsessed with cars. He loves playing with cars. He likes watching the movie cars. He likes pointing the cars on the street. He has now four uh, cars that he can ride around in. I was trying to put him in the car, in our car, to travel somewhere yesterday afternoon And the garage door was open. He went into the garage and got his little red car, his little tyke uh, car to roll around with. Loves it. Loves, Loves cars, everything about it. So I thought he'd be into racing, car racing. And so Joe reminded me that the Daytona 500 was on yesterday. So I put it on for him. And I have to tell you, he was underwhelmed underwhelmed he wasn't into it he watched it for a couple of seconds and then he preferred to just play with his own cars and i wasn't gonna push the issue because you know if he can uh, p- play with his own toys instead of watching a screen i'd much rather have him do that but he wasn't into it at first he said a uh, different one different one so meaning he wanted a different race on so he wasn't wasn't <laughs> into it but uh we'll try again maybe in the future because i was surprised that he wasn't into it because he likes everything car related, but just wasn't into car racing. I'm not into car racing. I, that my, the 10 minutes or so of the Daytona 500 that I watched yesterday afternoon, that was more of a NASCAR race than I've ever seen. I mean, and I know people are really into it. I think some people count it as the most popular sport in America to me. And I'm not trying to sound urbanist, but to me, it, it, looks like a bunch of cars driving around. I mean, I actually found it pretty boring, but we'll try again because I do think that he would be into it. Hey, I do want to mention this. Um, When I was in the fifth grade, I, maybe the fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade, I declared myself to be the emperor of Antarctica. And obviously I'd never been to Antarctica, but I, I, I thought it would be kind of a cool thing to be the emperor of a big old continent like that. And then, pre, pre, you know, everyone would tell me at the time, you know, there are these treaties that were signed in the 50s that prohibit countries from, you know, establishing a colony there. Basically, it can only be used for scientific purposes. And then I said, yes, but it doesn't say anything about a private individual. Why should I be bound by a treaty that the United States signed in the 1950s? And then kind of I lost interest and was just more into other things and stopped proclaiming myself to be the emperor of Antarctica. But the I was way ahead of my time because there is a micronation called West Arctica that is claiming to be a real nation. And in 2001 Naval intelligence specialist Travick McHenry found a loophole in the Antarctic Treaty. And that was the beginning of West Arctica, a micronation with its own flag, its own currency, and its own Grand Duke. I'm going to see if we can't get the Grand Duke of Antarctica on this show. Grand Duke Travis I of West Arctica. I think that's pretty cool. They had MicroCon, a convention for all these micro-nations in uh, Las Vegas last year. And we had a guy um, that, uh, that proclaims himself to be the leader of a micro-nation in Nevada uh, on the radio last year, the Republic of Malasia. And he was an interesting guy, and he went there, and he's very big into this micronation movement. And I think the whole idea of micronations are interesting because it forces people to think about what is a country? What makes a country in, uh, what makes a country? a country. So I'm going to reach out to this uh, West Arctica Grand Duke and see if we can get him on the show. As best I can tell um he's not in west Arctica. so he's the grand duke of this place which is in western antarctica that um you know that he is not currently in it does look like he might have been there but i don't know we'll uh, i'm going to do some more exploring on that but i just came across that article yesterday and i thought that was i thought that was interesting 808489222 8084892 Two too Danielle is in Brooklyn. Hello, Danielle.
3: Hi, Frank. How are Hi. you?
2: I am uh, um, I'm doing just peachy. Thank you.
3: Good. Um, in regards to your son, how
2: old is he again? Two. He was two uh in November.
3: Okay. Has he started teething, of course. Um you have you ever considered that? That's why he's like waking up like have you have you guys ever like checked his teeth? Well, is he's like... got
2: pretty much a full mouth of teeth. Wow, ready? Wow. Well, I know I know they say you don't get uh I think he still might, you know, it's difficult for me to get in there and count, but he looks like he's got all his front teeth and all his bottom teeth. So I I don't think you get them all until you're maybe about 3 or 4. So it's possible yeah. maybe something is growing in the back. But um, I don't know. He doesn't complain that his mouth is hurting. He just wants to get up and, you know, uh, sometimes he'll say, read a book. Sometimes he'll say, go downstairs. Sometimes he'll say, drink milk. He just kind of gets restless and wants to do something else.
3: Has he ever has he has he ever had a nightmare and like told you like I had a bad dream or something?
2: He, he hasn't and I've asked. I've asked, but uh but no, he just uh he just uh he'll say what he wants to do, but he'll not say, "Oh, this is hurting me or I had a bad dream." I'll ask, "Did you have a bad dream?" and no, he doesn't really answer.
3: <laughs> okay, no, cuz I was just like I was thinking and I'm like the, those are the only two things that I could think of unless
2: like the, he's just being terrible twos. yeah i I think that might be just what it is again hopefully it was short-lived um maybe you know i haven't gotten any reports from my wife yet but uh hopefully tonight's a good night my mom watched him on friday night and he slept through the whole night so maybe that's the key maybe he just has to be watched Mm -hmm. by other people danielle thanks for the call um joe manchin Not running for president. I had this on my list for uh, Richard Bay yesterday, but we didn't get to it. I'll comment on that and a whole bunch of interesting things happening when it comes to schools. We'll get into that as well. Until next hour, in the words of the great Bob Grant, your influence counts. Use it.